0: At just about 11 o'clock, you are listening to KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. This is Radio Orbit. I'll be back with you all in just a few minutes. A wonderful way to start the program tonight. Good evening, everyone. Good morning. Good day. Wherever you are, whoever you are, and whenever you might be listening to this radio program, welcome to the show. It's Radio Orbit on KOPN 89.5 FM. We're streaming on the web at kopn.org. And yeah, we do this every Monday night from 11 until 1.30, sometimes 2 o'clock, depending on the COVID uh, schedule. Uh, but anyway, yeah, every Monday we do it here. We check out the cutting edges in science and technology and nature and art and music and medicine. And sometimes it's weird, strange, unusual. Sometimes it's interesting. Most of the time, actually, and usually pretty cool. You listen to it Monday, September 7th, 2019. Hope things are good for you and you're enjoying the evening. It's another warm Sunday might <laughs> Sunday night. Sunday. Monday, now, another warm Monday night here in mid-Missouri. Maybe one of the last ones, however. I kind of feel fall in the air for sure, although pretty warm today. but Anyway, I hope things are good for you wherever you are and you're ready to roll up and listen to another radio orbit program here. Lovely moon tonight, about three-quarters full, the shape they call a waning gibbous. That's when the, the moon is uh, larger than half full. But on the downside, so it's uh, it's it's going from from full moon on its way to new moon, as opposed to the opposite from new moon on the way to full moon. Then they call it a uh, a waxing gibbous if it's going the other direction. So anyway, lovely moon out there. How's it look from uh, from your perspective? I don't know. I like it from here though. All right, I like to take a look out in the skies every night if I can. It helps keep my perspective where it needs to be. All right. Either way, nice to be with you this night, and uh, glad you joined me take care of some thank yous here and then we will get on to the show All right yeah um okay let's say a big thank you to all the excellent people that uh, keep this radio station rocking and rolling both on the air and off 24 7 365 days a year they are awesome and uh, the kopn staff and crew just doing a remarkable job as usual keeping this station jamming truly spectacular group of humans and they do it up here at the Mighty Fine 89, Mondays, Woody gets it rolling <clears throat> in the afternoon, 3 to 6 p.m. with the Real Deal Country Show. That's traditional and classic country, Ameripolitan music, and just a wonderful program. If you like country music from Woody, 3 to 6 p.m., the Real Deal Country Show every Monday. Tech Radio guys take over at 6, keeping us up to, up to snuff on the wild and crazy world of advancing technology. Kelvin always rocking us on jazz plus blues equals time wave 2.0 and just concluding new wave radio theater we heard one from isaac asimov there i hope you enjoyed that i thought it was fantastic all right awesome stuff good music good talk good news 89 and a half on the dial and streaming all around this wacky world at www.kopn.org it's your imagination station kopn columbia all right, big thanks to all of you also for uh, listening and participating in the program. I appreciate the feedback and emails and Instagram messages and a little bit here on Twitter there now and again. So anyway, hello to everyone. I appreciate the communication and love hearing from people. So keep it up if you if you got something to say or something to share with me. I'd be glad to hear it. Check it out, okay? All right, always feel free. Yeah, message me. If, maybe you got a potential guest in mind or maybe you've got some music or an artist that you'd like to share or topic that you'd like to hear covered on the program whatever it might be just let me know okay and we'll see what we can do to to help you out okay we were off the air last week and uh, had a little technical difficulty but the week before we heard a couple of compelling pieces one from dr john sotos who is the chief medical officer or the medical director at intel corporation yes intel corporation does have a medical director believe it or not very interesting stuff from Dr. John Sotos on artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, uh, genetic engineering, and how all these things sort of play into um, the future of medicine and computing. They're sort of merging. We're sort of seeing a, a, a confluence of a whole bunch of technologies that are starting starting to be kind of utilized uh, together in in concert with one another. <clears throat> and uh, you know, for for better or worse, we'll have to see how that all unfolds. Um, certainly, uh, the ability to mess with things in the laboratory, genetically speaking, is a concern and one that Dr. John Sotos uh, made very clearly uh, a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, we're living in a, a time where all that stuff is possible. You know, we're we're in the middle of a of a of a pandemic. Uh, and um, we know from lots of different uh sources that many of these bugs are manufactured in laboratories in different places all around the world. they're all over the place, some here in the u s and some in many other countries around the world and uh you know it's 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 a it's a complete uh it's just a wild west scene. Nobody really knows what's going on. Even this whole COVID business, we really don't know the truth about it, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And there's uh, some pretty compelling evidence that uh, that the COVID bug itself was uh, perhaps intentionally created in a laboratory. Where? I don't know. It could have been anywhere, to be honest. And, and the, uh, the intelligence surrounding this type of stuff is so thick and muddy that it's nearly impossible to find out uh, what's really going on, frankly. So, I don't know. We're all sort of in it together. And uh, if you want to really shake yourself up, listen to that talk from Dr. John Sotos uh, and uh, you'll get a feel for where we're at in a technological sense with regard to, to medicine and uh, and genetic engineering. And, of course, medicine can also be interpreted as the opposite of medicine, if you know what I mean. So, anyway... Uh, we also then heard from uh, John Paul Rice. Uh, John Paul Rice is a, a filmmaker from Hollywood. He's been in the been in the acting business since he was a young man uh, and a young boy, as a matter of fact. And we heard a remarkable piece from John Paul Rice, who will be on the program with me live in a few weeks on uh, the twenty eighth of September, and. We uh, will be talking about human trafficking and child trafficking and some of the more important things that don't get talked about typically in the, in the news mainstream or otherwise these days. And for me, I think it's a central, uh, a central concern and uh, it should be a primary talking point in all levels of government, local, regional, uh, federal, or national, and international. And the child and human trafficking problem is, in my opinion, the most unifying phenomenon that we have right now on the planet. We have all kinds of divisive things that are being... Done and thrown at us from every conceivable direction. Division, division, division. It comes from every direction to try to keep us separated, to show us how different we all are, and give us good reasons why we should be angry with other people and sometimes even, you know, hate them. And that type of stuff is so common now that it's not even. Uh, blinked at i mean it's on every day in the news every day in the papers every day on the radio every day on the street and you have a polarity of opinion in this country right now in particular i don't know really about the rest of the world we'll find out a little bit about what's happening in eastern europe in just a few minutes here when we bring our guest on for the evening but anyway uh lots of division and lots of polarity And lots of effort on the part of the powers that be to make that happen, to increase the level of polarity, increase the level of division, increase the level of strife, increase the level of combativeness and confrontation. This is what they are doing. It should be obvious by now to anybody out there that this is what the left, right, uh, liberal, Republican Democrats, uh, you know, all the different uh, polarities of things. They're, they're, they're designed to divide us. Well, the, the topic of human trafficking, child trafficking in particular, human slavery, uh, there, there, there are many different aspects of, of, of this, but this is a unifying topic. We should all be able to come together and say that this is an important thing that we don't have to be divided about. We can actually agree upon it. And in my opinion, that's one of the reasons why it's not front and center on the on the newspapers. And it's not front and center on CNN or Fox or any of the other losers that are out there peddling bullshit. Um, the human trafficking, child trafficking issue is the biggest issue in our nation right now on the planet, in my opinion. And it's also the biggest unification potential of any issue out there. If you have a heart beating inside your chest, you're gonna feel the same about this particular topic. And John Paul Rice is a guy who I'm absolutely thrilled that I got in touch with. He's got incredible courage and uh, he's spoken out about a lot of things, including things that are happening in Hollywood. So we'll get with John Paul Rice uh, and talk about that stuff in a few weeks here on the 28th of September, okay? All right, Um, what else? Uh, If you missed that show, once again, that was two weeks ago. It's on the web and available in the archives at my website at mikehagan.com. The archives for the show are there. The music archives are there. However, the best way to hear the show probably these days is to subscribe to the podcast. Very easy to do. Just go to mikehagan.com and click on one of the big buttons that says podcast, and that'll get you the most recent shows, to show up in, in your podcast player or your playlist, uh, you know, every time that they're uploaded onto the net. All right. Okay. Once again, you can do that at Mike All right. You may also get on the web and check out the forum, uh, at, uh, mikehagan.com. Just click on the button over there that says radio orbit forum. There's a lot of interesting news stories and commentary going on over there between, Uh, friends and uh, acquaintances that listen to the program okay all right uh, tonight i am very happy to have with me an old friend and a very popular guest from radio orbit's earlier incarnation it's been a long time since he's been on the air with me we're going to have dr john shellyak with us in just a few minutes he's a nuclear physicist and a wonderful mathematician he's a philosopher of sorts as well and uh, a good friend of mine so in a few minutes dr john shellyak if you want to get a leg up, you can check out my website at MikeHagan.com or go over on uh, go on over to the forum, I should say, where all this stuff is kind of posted, and um, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes from there, all right? For the music tonight, the uh, songs of Connor Oberst and Bright Eyes. We started the show off with a tune called Poison Oak, and there's another one from uh, a record that's quite old, actually, 15 years or so. It's called... I'm wide awake, it's morning, and this is called Another Traveling Song. It's Mike, you're listening to it here. Radio Orbit, KOPN, Columbia 89.5 FM. Back in just a few minutes with Dr. John Sheliak.
1: Billion highways and the cities at the break of dawn. Well, I guess the best that I can do now is pretend that I've done nothing wrong. And dream about a train that's gonna take me back where I belong. Well, now the ocean's spits and I can hear it from the interstate And I'm screaming at my brother on his cell phone, he is far away And I'm saying nothing in the past or future ever will feel like today Until we're parking in an alley just hoping that our shit is safe I go back and forth forever All my thoughts, they come in pairs. I will, I won't, I doubt i I'm, I'm not, not surprised, surprised, but I never feel quite prepared Whoa. Now I'm hunched over a tie Writer. I guess you'd call that painting in a cave And there's a word I can't remember And a feeling I cannot escape And now my ashtrays are flowing. I'm still staring at a clean white page Oh, and morning's at my window And she is sending me to bed I dream the dark on the horizon, I dream a desert where the dead lay down I dreamed prostitute, a prostituted child touching an old man in a fast-food crowd Oh yeah, I dreamt the ship was sinking There was people screaming all around And I awoke my alarm clock, it was a pop song, it was playing loud So I will find my fears and face them Or I will cower like a dog I will kick and Listening to Radio Orbit with Mike Hagan on KOPN 89.5 FM.
0: That is correct, and it's the truth. You are listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And I am Mike Hagan. My guest tonight is Dr. John Shellyak. John is a former nuclear scientist at Los Alamos National Labs. He is a accomplished mathematician. In fact, that's the reason that he and I originally got in touch with one another through a, a mutual friend, as a matter of fact. But uh, he is someone who I've been in touch with for many, many years, and we've been sort of separated for quite some time, as a matter of fact, maybe 12 years or so. And we recently got back connected, and it's pretty interesting, as a matter of fact, because the last interview that I did in the first incarnation of Radio Orbit was in June of 2008. And that interview was with Dr. John Sheliak. So it is a pleasure, once again, after 12 years, to get him back on the show with me and say welcome and hello to John Sheliak. Hi, Dr. John, how are you?
2: Hi, Mike. Uh, Pleasure to be with you again. It's a beautiful sunrise here in Southern Slovakia. The sun just rose over the mountain top.
0: I love it. And so we are speaking with Dr. John Sheliak from uh, the country of Slovakia. Uh, I guess it's about uh, uh, half of the former Czechoslovakia, which uh, broke up. When was that? The end of the 80s, early 90s, John, when, when the balkanization of Europe kind of took place?
2: Yeah, I think it was early 90s. I don't remember the exact date, but... Uh... It was about then, definitely. Yeah, and so now you have now you have the Czech Republic and the Slovak Republic,
0: which uh, hey John, geographically, which one is is it sort of a north south division or is it east west or?
2: Yeah, north. It's pretty much north south. You know, there might be a little east west on it, but it's primarily north and south. The Czech Republic is north. Mm -hmm. You know, and. L- somewhat larger, actually, I think, in, certainly in population, and the Slovak Republic is south. Okay. Um, you know, Slovakia itself, uh, the total land mass is actually less than the, the state of New Mexico. Uh, but there's also, but there's quite a variety here in terms of uh, mountains, plains, forests. It's, uh, it's an interesting mix for such a small country.
0: How far south is Slovakia? Is it sort of Central Europe, or
2: okay, just just west of Bratislava, which is the capital, and probably located about central west in Slovakia. Uh-huh. You have Vienna, which is mm. less about an hour drive from uh, Bratislava, so okay. it's directly east of Vienna. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit south of, oh, ahead, south of uh, Czech Republic, uh, a little south of Poland, it's a little west of Ukraine, uh, so that's in, and it's a little north of Hungary.
0: Mm, yeah, not far Those from Budapest.
2: Yeah, it's only here in southern Slovakia. It's about a two-hour drive to Budapest. Okay. A lovely drive.
0: All right. Well, I I think that before. We, uh, we talk about too much that, that we should talk about what brought you to Slovakia. Um, when when you and I were last in touch uh, in any kind of significant way was around the end of 2008, and you were in the middle of some pretty serious life changes at the time, and I was too. And uh, part of that is what took you from New Mexico, as a matter of fact, to Slovakia. So maybe you could talk a little bit about what you've been doing for the last twelve years, and we can uh, we can we can come up with some some topics uh, through that, perhaps.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I often answer that question. I get that question a lot here from um, my Slovak friends, like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> and I say, "Well, you know, the actual reason for being here is probably, you know, at this point, different than the reason I came here." You know. You know, I came here uh, because of a woman and another friend that I had, and uh, that's what initially brought me here. But I was also very much interested in the country side. You know, it was actually beautiful, quite lovely.
3: Mm.
2: And I I think and the motivation then was just to experience uh, a culture other than American Uh in in a country that was a part of the Soviet bloc, Mm -hmm. you know, at one time. And, you know, the truth is that, um, you know, I was in the U.S. Air Force many years ago, and they sent me to language school to learn Hungarian. So I I became relatively fluent Hungarian Mm -hmm. and uh, and was stationed in Germany listening to Hungarian military broadcasts we were also with with me at the time uh, in Germany, you know, at the Air Force installation, um, people who were listening to uh, the Czech or Czechoslovakia. Then, mm, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in, in some ways, you know, I wanted to experience what the other side looked like. Uh, but beyond that, there are many reasons uh, ultimately for being here, and. Um, it has a lot to do with my own personal, uh, worldview perspective mm. and, and wanting to have an experience of a culture that was, that is very different from the American culture.
0: Well, I have to tell you that your timing is impeccable. I think, uh, uh a lot of us, uh, if, if we could turn back the clock, we might consider leaving this place <laughs> and, and my, myself in particular, I'm, I'm, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, similar in, in, in ideology to you, I think, and many of the, of our, of our sort of tribe. But, um, if it weren't for the fact that I'm, uh, responsible for some young people, I've got a couple of children and some other people that just require my, 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 uh, services here, I would have I would have left here long ago, John. I'm so sad, frankly, and 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 disturbed about about what's happened here in the the former United States of America. But um, you know, now we're just kind of riding it out. I'm I'm really interested to hear some of your uh, opinions and perspectives on what has happened globally and. Uh, you know here in the u.s and what the perspective is from slovakia because you have a really lucky or or you're you have a fortunate uh position in that you are very familiar with the with the states over here and, and what's been going on here for many many years you know a lot about history and and uh and now you have the chance to see that from from a different perspective what uh What's your overall impression right now of of, of just what's happening in the, in the world in general, and and what do you see from the states?
2: You know, it's it's difficult to give to give a, a detailed overall perspective because you know it feels and it looks to me like not just the U.S. but the world is in chaos right now. Mm. You know, I think you, you you have to see that you know even though you don't have uh, the turmoil that we've, you know, political and social turmoil that we see in the U.S. happening here, it it, it is happening from place to place. I mean, there are uh, protests but not at the level of the U.S., and the politics are slightly different, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it's complex and I think um, if you want to use, you know, the caterpillar-butterfly metaphor, or even, you know, the metaphor of um complex systems,
3: mm.
2: you know, we're in a phase of chaos right now, uh, out of an old paradigm and into something unknown, and, and uh, uh, we don't know where we're going. You can argue that this is a transformation uh, taking us to a better place, but I think at this point, um, everything's up for grabs.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I agree that I feel that it is definitely a chaotic situation, and uh, anytime that's the case, uh, the the outcome is is usually one that's unknown and 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 hard to predict. You, you mentioned uh, the politics in um, in Slovakia. What's the what sort of what sort of government do you have? I mean, I mean, is it a, is it a democracy? Is it a, is it a a republic of some sort? Is, do you you vote for leaders? Who, what's the situation there right now? Is it, is it more of a conservative leaning uh, nation or is it more on the liberal side? I'm kind of curious just to get a feel for the politics there.
2: Yeah, of course it's a parliamentary system here, Mm. you know, so, uh, you know, the, the transition from Communism to democracy, and I I put both of those in quotes, you know, because yeah. it was never true, you know, absolute communism. Uh, it was more of a, a communist control capitalism, you
3: know,
2: mm-hmm. and and now it shifted to a parliamentary system and. Uh, My friends here, at least the ones who are really in tune with uh, Slovak politics, say that um, that we have a government at this point that is increasingly aligned with U.S. hegemony in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and and less less independent of U.S. politics and U.S. hegemony. Um, So it varies from time to time. Uh, The last government was not so bound to uh, U.S. hegemony. And uh, what's happened in Europe in general, if you look at uh, politics here, is you see that much of Europe is, in some ways, kind of a vassal or vassal states of the U.S. They they don't oppose or object to U.S. foreign policy. Uh, they kind of align themselves with it. Uh, the current Slovak government is more uh, aligned with that than the, the previous Slovak government.
3: So okay. okay.
2: It's 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 you know the there, there are people here who would like to see these states these countries between the Western uh, European countries and the Eastern, including Russia and whatnot, they would like to see a buffer zone of neutral countries, you know, from Poland to <laughs> Czech Republic to to Slovakia to Hungary mm-hmm. being neutral and being kind of a buffer between, you know, The Western perspective and the Eastern perspective. Mm -hmm. Whether that would ever happen, who knows? But there is that sentiment here. Okay.
0: All right. What has been the response there to the COVID nineteen pandemic?
2: Well, it's been interesting. Um, I I think sometime in early March, uh, uh, the Slovak. Government started to respond to what seemed like, uh, you know, a global threat, and certainly a threat here, and they responded by restricting access, shutting down most most businesses, mm. uh, and restricting access to only food markets, uh, other essential places, and um, in addition, um, they. Required wearing masks whenever you were uh, in any kind of market, and often uh, they would restrict the number of people that could be in any any market at any given time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And of course, schools were shut down, um, so people were having to homeschool their children. I don't know if they, you know, if early on, I don't think so that that schools were being conducted via zoom mm-hmm. as they as they i think are in the us now so that that type of quarantine we call it quarantine it wasn't radical restriction but there were, there were also border, you know border closures in other words you know during the peak of this mm-hmm. um, there was all borders were closed you know you, you couldn't travel to the czech republic uh, Austria, Hungary, you know the the countries that surround Slovakia. Uh borders were simply closed wow. and there was no international travel at least not uh for most of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that lasted I don't know 2 3 months something like that. Mm-hmm. I think borders began to open up uh late May early June. And at this point um, it's pretty relaxed. You're still required to wear masks when you're going into markets or, you know, any kind of shops. Uh, although a lot of people are going in there wearing masks, uh, just covering their mouths with their noses still sticking out. Right. Some some even have them on their chin. So, you know, it's uh, uh, it's not rigidly enforced here. Uh, schools are, have reopened, and students are actually going to classes in the schools, but they're required to wear masks, right. as you can imagine, yeah. how that works with children, you know, having them wear masks in schools. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of where things are right now. Uh-huh. Okay. And of course, we're not yet into the flu season, so God knows what's going to be happening in the next few months.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a. I think that's a generally uh, valid statement. I don't think anyone knows what's going to be happening in the next few months with regard to health and 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 uh, wellness, and also a lot of other things. The uh, there's an election coming up here in the U.S. Which, uh, if you lived here, I'm, I don't know. How, I don't know how how shrill the the sound is over there in Eastern Europe, but here in the United States, it's it's just a it's it's reaching a a crescendo like I've never seen before with regard to concern over this election and the again I, I mentioned it a little bit uh, toward the beginning of the program when I was doing my intro but the uh, the divisiveness of uh, just people in general right now in the United States is at in my opinion an all time high certainly in in my lifetime I've never seen anything like this before and uh, and it's a little a uh, little. A little disturbing for sure. What's, mm-hmm. uh, are, are people um, as concerned or or, or, is, or is that not even news over there right now, what's happening here in the States?
2: You know, I think it's it's of concern with some people here. I know I'm like my friends, uh, my, my closest friends and connections here um, see what's happening there and they understand that uh, what's happening there will eventually affect life here. You know, I think there's no, no delusion that because it's happening in the US, uh, you know, we're somehow independent of it here. What most people think, I I don't know, it's, you know, it's uh, I don't I don't have access to the normal to the Slovak media. So I only get my information of of what might be happening in the culture, through friends that I have here. Mm -hmm. And, and, and even that it's, it's a very restricted number of friends you know maybe two or three <laughs> right, right. who who i'm able to have dialogue uh about what's happening in the u.s what's happening in slovakia you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i see the same thing you know i i i do pay attention to what's happening in the u.s you know i follow um i follow covid issues i follow the the election issues the the social unrest issues and i see the same thing i've not seen this you know um this kind of thing, it seems to me when I see what's happening in the U.S., and I think you're right in 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 your introduction that uh, you have one group fighting against another under ideological perspectives. In other words, you know, you're either with me or against me. Right. And I see this going on, and it is troublesome for me because it's different than what happened in the sixties, you know, in the sixties, there was at least legitimate debate happening about this perspective or that perspective. Yeah.
0: In fact, some amazing dialogue, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. And now it's just like, uh, to be honest with you, I, when you, when you compare what's happening now to uh, what happened with Martin Luther King, it's a very different kind of, Thing That's happening now, you know, I mean, the the protest under, you know, during the 60s, you know, under Martin Luther King were very different type of protesting than you see now. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I've I've been thinking a little bit recently, the last, I don't know, six months, maybe 12 months or so about Eastern Europe, as a matter of fact, and what happened uh, when the Soviet Union broke up in uh, late 1989. And then, and then, you know, the, the fallout of that uh, into the nineties, but um, you know, they, they ended up calling it the Balkanization of Europe. And I guess that's because the Balkans are there. And then, and then many of those countries are sort of in that particular region, but it became kind of like a verb, the Balkanization where, where it could actually happen in other places. And I'm actually, for the first time, I, I I never really imagined that I would that I would uh, entertain these types of thoughts, but I think that it it's actually possible now more than I would have ever imagined in the past that that a balkanization type of of event or events could actually happen here in the U, in the U.S. and we could actually see the breakup of this country.
2: When you know, at times it actually looks looks like that uh, for me as well, Mike. It's hard to see you know, uh, where this is going, given what's happening right now. You know, I don't understand why people, large numbers of people in the U.S. don't seem to get that they're being, from my perspective, manipulated into fighting each other. When those who are actually in control of life and life process in the U.S. are sitting back, you know, Encouraging it, and you know, all the way to the bank. Yes. So it's it's troublesome to me. This is one of the things that's very different than the '60s. In the '60s, people, young people, were aware of this. They were aware of where the problem was. You know, uh, here it seems to be only restricted to race. You know, uh, in and uh, other. Group issues, you know, personal right, issues, right? Identity it, issues. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not at all uh, engaging a, a, a genuine debate on where the problems are. What? What? What is it that we need to do? You know, I mean, there are so many things uh, that that need attention. Uh, that uh, it, it seems to me that. I don't, I don't see an honest debate going on with, with the serious issues that we really need to be addressing.
0: Mm, yeah. And I think without that, you're, you, you get stuck. It's, it's a paralysis of sorts because without debate and dialogue, you can never reach any kind of consensus or, or even, um, some sort of, uh, agreement to disagree even you know i mean there's not there's there's not enough yeah. dialogue to even yeah. get there and so I, I find it i i don't understand I, I don't see where where the solutions could come from at this point because exactly of what you're talking about that that it it's so um my way or the highway um and no conversation yeah. no no debate no dialogue that i don't see how anyone can ever uh, you know how, how we can get beyond that Maybe some further thoughts on that, because it's more it's 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 become sort of a philosophical thing, almost like how do we get out of it? It's almost like a trap.
2: yeah, certainly is. But I think it's an intentional trap, you mm-hmm. know um, mm-hmm. by by mainstream media, by mainstream institutions, period, mm-hmm. yes. you know yeah. when you look at at how the institutions in the u s. are functioning, it's all seems to be functioning in a way, you know, where there's massive amounts of propaganda. There's no debate, you know, and uh, responses to ideas that conflict with yours are not with other ideas. They're by name calling, you know, so what yeah. happens is that mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't agree with you, they call you this, you know, you're, you know, whatever, you know, you're, you're given a name, whether it be Putin puppet, uh, or if it's related to the US, and a number of things, you know, people who are trying to, and there are, there are some, there are good, I think, young journalists in the US, and, but when they, when they legitimately when they cover stories uh, that, in any way, criticize uh, U.S. policy or certain things that are happening in the U.S., they're not—they're not debated on on with facts. They're—they're they're called names, you know, and that's sufficient. <laughs> so we're—we've we're, degenerated in the U.S. to the state where. If you disagree with somebody, you just call them names, and that's sufficient. You know? <laughs> right, right. You know? I it, mean, give me a break. Right. You know, you,
0: you know and, and and that's now even even extended into, okay. So there's also a science sort of angle here as well, where as a defense or or as a as a mechanism to shut down either uh, perspective, um, they say follow the science, right? This is the latest, follow the science. Of course, every, every, every position has their own science and, and right. right? And they can, they can, they can show you something that will, uh, that will support their particular position. But then of course the people who they disagree with will show you their science, which will, uh, which will support their particular position. So, uh, it, it, it really is just a, uh, just a, a, a mess and, and, uh, and, and, and quite juvenile too, to be honest, part of it, part of it, oh, absolutely. you know, with me, I'm it's, like, it's my God, ju- ju- <laughs> yeah. you know,
2: juvenile, oh, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I, I just dropped my phone. <laughs> juvenile, it's even, you know, childish, you know, yeah. it's uh, infantile.
0: Right. Unfortunately, the danger level uh, is 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 real high. And so it what what might even seem almost comical, uh, you know, if 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 it wasn't so serious, uh, is is actually quite frightening for the for the same reason, because it is so damn serious.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely true. You know, and the, the trouble with science these days, and, and this has been exposed during the COVID thing is that it has also become ideological, you know, in many respects, it's difficult to, to see science as much different from religion in some cases. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know, people have their own agendas and they'll use whatever, what is ever necessary to promote the, the mainstream agendas or perspectives. and, uh, it's relatively few, and, and a lot of it is related to, you know, where the money, you know, follow the money for sure.
0: Basically. Yeah, for sure.
2: You know, there one case. Uh, you know, this so-called study came out during COVID about um, um uh, got this this drug that is being nixed in the U.S. chlor uh, hexachloroquine or because, you know, Yeah, malaria. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they produce this. Report you know criticizing it, and say how destructive it was, and then they had to withdraw it, you know because you know they were using the their process was completely flawed <laughs> right. you know so you know it's like you see this going on, you know, but the truth is you know i've I've seen features of of this happening even in physics, you know even you know you know as, as long as 20 or 30 years ago where any perspective that conflicted with the mainstream view was either demonized or, uh,
0: you know, left at. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're seeing it from, we're seeing it from, uh, from a lot of different, uh, groups and a lot of different perspectives. And, and again, it, it, and, and it just adds to the, it just adds to the, to the division and it is crazy that 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 science has gotten so politicized like that and now um you know I and I, I imagine that you're familiar with some of some of this because you 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 worked as a professional in 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 the sciences for a long time but the university level you know is where it where it begins to get uh taken away from from the the real ideological understanding of what science is and that is just you know the pursuit of understanding and and the and and the the attempt to unravel mysteries and just to learn more about about the world that we live in and and damn the torpedoes you know what i mean um wherever the right. evidence goes that's where it goes yep. you know long yep. ago the 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 university system which is where most of the scientists come from was co-opted to at least a certain level by corporate interests and so much of the yeah Yeah. and you know and now in fact the great great majority of research that goes on in all of the labs around the country and and probably around the world um is driven by corporate interests not just the, the the pure pursuit of science and so so you end up having scientists that that are on somebody's payroll and whoever it is they're being paid by, those people have a particular agenda. And, and so, so the science that those scientists uh, develop or, or publish ends up, you know, as you might imagine, will will follow along those ideological or agenda driven lines.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, so, you know, from my perspective, you know, in science you have, I, I, I think it's going on throughout, um, the cultural systems and in the institutions, you know, whether it be science, um, you know, politics, mm. uh, journalism, you see the same thing, you know, where mainstream or, uh, you know, the mainstream view uh, is, from my perspective, filled with propaganda and manipulative, you know, uh, and a, and a, a manipulative agenda and you have uh, a, a smaller group in these who are dedicated to exercising their profession, whether it be science or journalism or whatever, in an honest and open way. Yes. You know, so it may very well be that this these smaller group of individuals who are attempting to practice their profession in the way it was intended to be practiced mm-hmm. will be part of an emergent Mm. structure you know an mm. emergent paradigm that that would be my hope
0: mm, mine too yeah in fact i think that that's uh something that you sort of alluded to right at the beginning of our conversation you mentioned the chaotic situation that that the whole world appears to be in right now and you mentioned the the metaphor of uh of the butterfly caterpillar and you mentioned another one you said something about um uh, just about complexity. Maybe we've got a few minutes before the top of the hour. Maybe we could, we could brush on that a little bit, the, uh, uh, the potential for change here and, and, and what you meant when you talked about uh, complexity.
2: Yeah, complex systems. You know, uh, all complex systems eventually go through periods of chaos, you know, and the trajectory out of that chaos often leads to a state, a higher ordered state. And I think right now uh I mean you can you can you can see the entire civilization as a complex system. You can see individual culture as a complex system. You can you can see complexity all the way down to the personal level and mm-hmm. and even under that. Yes. So uh what's happening now and I think you know people that I know here are feeling it at one level or another this sense of of un- un- instability, uncertainty, chaos going on. You know, there's, there's no way, uh, and maybe there never really was, but there's, there's no way that people know what tomorrow is going to look like or the following week. And they have this sense that uh, the level of uncertainty is somewhat chaotic. Hmm. In their personal lives, in, in, you know, when they, when they look at the, the state of affairs in their countries, or even the world, uh, they have this feeling, even if they're not uh, expressing it, that uh, the level of uncertainty is chaotic and where is it going, you know? But from a complex systems point of view, uh, it's a necessary transition from an old order, an old paradigm into uh, a new paradigm. It's it's a, a necessary process, and the trajectory out of this is going to be unclear. And you know, from my perspective, I've always said that the butterfly effect is in play here. In other words, people have this feeling that, my God, I'm you know, what can I do as an individual? You yes, know, I mean, yes. I'm just small. But the butterfly effect says that you have the potential of perturbing. The system in a way that can lead to some higher ordered state, mm. and so I, I think it's 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 important for individual in, individuals to realize that what they choose to do, you know, if if what they're doing and how they're orienting their lives is in harmony with a world that they would choose to live in, mm. you know, a perspective that that's the best what we can do at this point, you yes, know, yes. uh, yeah. to live our life in harmony with, with the world that we would think is worth living in.
0: I think that's great, uh, great advice. And I, I hope more people are, are beginning to think like that. I think that that's a, that's a great way to look at it. John, let's, uh, let's take a break for a second and play a piece of music and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. Okay. Okay. And, and before we do that, John, um, I was looking for your old website and either I'm no good or I can't find it any longer. Um, if people are looking to get information about you or get in touch with you or anything, is there a way that they might do that? Is your website still up?
2: Yeah, I I don't have my website, you know, in the U S and after a period of time here, it was just difficult to keep it going. So my intention was to create a new one. I haven't done that yet. (laughs) You know, so, uh, you know, but you know, they're welcome to email me at jsheliak at gmail.com.
0: All right. No problem. Jay Sheliak. And that's S H E L I A K for folks out there. Jay Sheliak at gmail.com. All right, cool. John, we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay, man. All right. Okay, everybody. It's Mike and you're listening to radio orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. It's just about straight up midnight. Now, my guest this evening is Dr. John Sheliak. And, uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of our conversation. We'll come back with Dr. John here in about four minutes. In the meantime, we're going to hear another one from our featured musicians of the evening. This is Connor Oberst with a song called Cape Canaveral.
1: I saw your legends lined up and I never felt more natural Apart, I just came apart Please, 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 Sister Socrates You always answer with a question Show some kindness to a petty thief Smoke in the old orange grove and the red rocket blaze Over Cape Canaveral, you've been a father to me Your 1960s speak, give me comatose joy Like we run TV, while the mountainside was shining Wild colors of my destiny I watched your face age backwards changing shape in my memory. Taught me victory sweet, even deep in the cheap seats Sausage terror made me lazy drinking lemonade A waste, it just went to waste Like the free-on cold out at the hotel door Or the white rocket fade over kick arrow You've been a daughter to me, you buried shoebox grief I felt you pull the guy's love like savannah heat While the waterfall was pouring crazy symbols of my destiny Watch your face, die backwards Little baby in my memory You told me Victory's sweet, even deep In the cheap seats And you don't judge me Cold War movies While the universe was drawn Perfect circles for infinity I watched the stars Get smaller Tiny diamonds in my memory I know that victory's sweet Even deep in the cheap seats
0: Yeah, that's right, victory's Sweet even deep in the cheap seats. That's where I'm usually sitting. Actually, where I used to sit. I don't go to sporting events anymore because nobody does. And and I have a real problem, by the way, with fake... Well, everything's fake now. It's like the whole world is fake, including the fans at baseball games. There's nothing that drives me. I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan, and I'm so frustrated by... You know, I can't watch it. I can listen to baseball on, on the radio because it... Uh, uh, it sounds the same, but I can't watch it on the TV. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to our guest, Dr. John Sheliak. and John is with me from the Slovak Republic in Eastern Europe. You can get a hold of John on the web at uh, at gmail.com. and if you want to send him a note, you can do that through me too as well. Um, all right, let's say hi, John. Thanks for sticking around, man.
2: Hey, Mike. <clears throat> a couple of things that. Uh, Because I was thinking more about the initial question that you would ask me, you know, why am I here? Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, initially, you know, of course, Amelia was a a primary reason you met Amelia. So that was certainly a motivation, but I was also really thinking I would, you know, find a place to live in the countryside and live a very simple life, you know, uh, chopping wood, that kind of thing. But what I realized in a short period of time is that I have a lifetime of experience that I would like to be exercising a creative Uh, effort with. In other words, Mm -hmm. you know, I I couldn't, I decided that I really couldn't abandon everything that I had learned, and Mm -hmm. I knew, Mm -hmm. including that, you know, during my scientific career, Mm -hmm. just to live a simple life, you know, was not going to work for me, you know, so uh, I I began connecting, actually, with uh, some Slovak scientists here, you know, which led me to uh, one in which who, who was doing some work that was somewhat similar to, you know, McKenna's time wave, mm. although in a much more mathematically and theoretically rigorous manner. Okay. So. <clears throat> so that's been part of my process here. It's uh, uh, understanding that I can't abandon who and what I am, who I have been, simply to become something else. Mm.
0: You know, mm-hmm. hey John. Um, with with that in mind, I actually have a I actually have a question from a listener. That says, "What did John do at Los Alamos?" And that's quite a while quite a, quite a while- ways back, as a yeah. matter of fact. But <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I was I was involved with um, fusion energy research. You know, and that is using uh, laser fusion, which is using mm. high high powered lasers to fuse. Uh, deuterium tritium or energy and uh, it was part of a national program and um specifically at Los Alamos I was working with you know the target the fuel end of it the the deuterium tritium mm. parts um uh, and uh and, and and what happens with with these elements when you lower the temperature to their freezing point mm. um so a lot of it was in, involved with looking at uh, the deuterium-tritium fuels that uh, are to be used in laser fusion. Okay.
0: All right. Good enough. Um, before – I, and I do want to talk about uh, Terrence and the time wave and this – uh, new or or further research that you're that you're doing now along those lines before we get to you know because and the re- the main reason is because that's really how you and i connected we 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 yes, initially uh connected because of terrence and and i can say that about a lot of my 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 friends <laughs> you know yeah um it's amazing how how uh, networking and connections, you know, work especially over time. So, anyway, we're definitely going to talk about that because um, it was it was a a, a central uh, theme and a big part of both of our lives, as a matter of fact. So, uh, so let's talk about that in a minute. But I I, I do want to kind of wrap up with a couple of things we were talking about in during the first hour, and that had to do with uh, something that you mentioned with regard to the '60s. And sort of the social cultural scene back then comparatively with the way things are now and I wanted to ask you about information uh, and the control of information and I, I and for me I, I find it sort of ironic that that the internet was the idea was that it was going to liberate information and make it available and uh, uh, accessible really,
3: really
2: available yeah to to, everyone to
0: pretty much everyone and and I guess that's sort of the case but uh, but it turns out that that there are that it's actually not that hard to control information on the internet as well using search um, search uh engine algorithms and this type of thing and I wanted to ask your your opinion about that because in the 60s and the 70s it seemed that information was actually probably at least accurate information was probably more readily available in in an ironic sense than it is now
2: i think i think that's right you know i think that it was and part of what's happening now also when you think about how how groups are interacting with one another it's almost uh And and a a, a similar expression as they are online. You know, it's so easy for people to call each other names and Mm. really get down into doing things with other people that they would never normally do uh, face-to-face. Yes, yes. That's been now, uh, you know, and that's been expanded, so they're actually doing it face-to-face now, you know. know. So it's, in, in some ways, this... The social media has created a type of psyche where you feel justified in calling other people all kinds of names simply because they don't share your perspective, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think I think initially, you know, the internet was like the Wild West; it was wild and woolly. But slowly, over time, uh, the institutions who actually have some control over it or a lot of control over it have mm-hmm. slowly become you know more and more restrictive, uh, uh, producing a lot of propaganda, uh, excising anything that uh, they they argue uh, violates their policies, you know it's mm-hmm. become, Something uh, other than what it was initially What what many people thought initially it would be. Yeah, yeah. You know, and now of course we have the surveillance state. You know, uh, mm. monitoring everything that we do, not just on on the internet, but you know on our phones and and that kind of thing. So, uh, I think it is. You know. Certain, certainly this kind of thing was happening during the 60s. You know, you had the FBI and other organizations monitoring phone calls, you know, Martin Luther King's phone calls and whatnot. Um, but it wasn't as widespread uh, and all pervasive as, as it is now. Right. What's it- so, you know, because of that, the information available is you really have to you really have to dig uh, you, you know and this is where most i think most people are are not interested or they they have lives to live so they're not mm-hmm. interested in finding sources of information that are credible and, and that uh, that exercise uh the modicum of common sense and critical thinking yes. they, they they just don't have the time or the energy to do that mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. What 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 they're left with is you know a lot of
0: disinformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I see the same. I see the same thing. And you can prove it to yourself, folks out there. If you pick any any particular search engine, let's use Google as a as an example, and put in a search term that might be a little bit controversial. I don't know. Pick one. You know. Put. Uh, uh, I don't know, just just pick something controversial and and see what results you get and then go to another search engine and do the same exact search and do it with a couple different ones. And and you'll find that depending on the company that runs the search engine, you'll get different results and sometimes strikingly so uh, in and like John mentions, uh, sometimes they will excise uh, certain results completely where. Uh, you won't even see uh, a potential answer to your question because it's been eliminated by the algorithm before before it made it to your screen. And uh, again, there are diff- you know different search engines that have different sort of uh, algorithms that that determine that. But but you know, John, I, I I've done a lot of interviews over the last couple of years with people in in AI and uh, um robotics and nanotech and some of these real cutting edge fields, right? And, and one, I forget, maybe it was, um, uh, oh, what the heck was his name? An Australian, uh, robotics guy, but he said something to me that, 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 stuck with me about, um, uh, anytime an algorithm is written, anytime a program is written, the uh, the bias, or the or the sort of uh, personality, maybe is a way to put it, of the programmer or programmers comes through in the algorithm, whether they want it to or not. And sometimes that's more uh, purposeful than others. But I thought it was really interesting that um, many of, perhaps all of the algorithms that are out there determining answers to people's questions, problems, etc., uh, you know all. Artificial intelligence is being used in all kinds of different fields and areas of endeavor now. And in many, many cases where people don't even realize that that's, that that's actually part of the, uh, you know, of the process. Um, do you have any comments yes. on, on, on that type of thing?
2: Well, I think it's it's absolutely true that the personality and the perspective of the programmer is going to be, become part of the program, mm. right? <laughs> right? Right. I uh, know. I think that's been true, you know, forever. I mean, if I look at the code, for example, that I've written over time and, uh, you know, it's it's going to be different than anyone else who would write similar code to do the same thing. Yes. You know, it would have some common features, but there would be distinguishing features as well mm-hmm. that could only be identified with, with. My perspective or my personality. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and if, if the question also involves, you know, what my perspective on AI is, um, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Terrence was all in favor of that. Like, yeah, bring it on, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in an enlightened, uh, civilization, you know, maybe you could argue bringing on, but we are so far from enlightened, you know, right, right, and, right. Uh, and the people who, you know, and, and, you know, the truth is power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, and you can see this happening everywhere, you know, those who have achieved, and especially now where you have damn near trillionaires, oh my gosh. Uh, let alone billionaires walking on the planet, you know, you can see how their agendas, you know, are to some degree or another being forced on the rest of us. Yeah. You know, so what happens with AI, you know, I mean, uh, what happens with AI and, and uh, uh, when, it, when it's coming from those who are far from enlightened and, you know, are just other flawed human beings like the rest of us?
0: Yeah, you know, there are there are a lot of um scientists that are involved in the AI, nanotech, robotics sort of conversation and many of them that I'm in touch with are ethical uh type scientists, they're ethicists and they are coming across all kinds of very troublesome um potential situations because of uh, yeah. Exactly the, the type of thing that you're that you're talking about. You know there's a type of uh, AI product, I guess I'll call it, that uh, that, that they call black box technology. I'm, I imagine you're at mm-hmm. least f- you know, partially familiar with it, but the idea is that that once once the initial programming is done, um, the the algorithm takes over, and the thing begins to write itself, and and whatever. yeah well,
2: absolutely, yes.
0: Yeah, and 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 at that point, um, only the goal is 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 the uh, the concern, and the way that the goal is achieved is not known. The scientists, the programmers yes. that actually are doing the work, um, once they let the thing go, they, they they actually don't know what's happening inside that uh, that that little that little box and um and so they call it black black box uh, algorithms and and that's a you know that one yep. th- that one can be a little bit frightening I, i've heard many stories of um ai gone wrong and and you know of course this isn't this is a, a developing technology but typically when when artificial intelligence fails, it fails like spectacularly. (laughs) I mean, it's really bad, really wrong. And, and, uh, and so, so yeah, definitely some, some concerns there, I think.
2: Yeah, I, I certainly have a lot of concern, especially when you you consider the source and I think black box in the sense that once the code is written, the program, the initial programmer has no idea what Mm. the hell is going on. You know, uh, in other words, they don't know, they don't know how to, um, they cannot understand the process that leads to the output Mm. any, any longer. You know, they have no influence on, on changing, uh, the code from the initial, whatever they did initially. That's, that's the last control they have, you know, to the output. And once once that initial phase is gone, they have no no longer any control. And I've actually heard of one case where what it was doing was so disturbing they had to, I don't know, shut it down. I I don't remember the details of this one case. But Mm -hmm. again, Mike, you know, you have to look at the source. You know, who are the – where are we as a human society, you know, uh, far from enlightened and and so – so corruptible, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. human beings are, and so to give any human being or any system power, the kind of power that this might provide uh, without uh, a proper consciousness and, you know, without a compassionate, uh, caring consciousness going into it, and uh, when it becomes about making money, power, control, you know, it can't, from my perspective, cannot lead to a good thing. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a, it's it's sort of a, sort of a scary one to think about for sure. Well, I mean, um, and
2: also, and also the idea of chipping. You know, I mean, this is one thing I think that that Terrence uh, uh, was promoting. You know, uh, now you can, you know, here you can be chipped. Mm. You know. And, and a lot of young people are saying, yeah, chip me, you know, right, right. Uh, or put this chip in my brain. And for me, uh, you know, my perspective is no thank you. Yes. Uh, no matter what you tell me, it's going to do for me. Uh, you know, I'm not going to allow, I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, 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 some kind of cyborg with, you know, with, hat, with part human, part in me, that's kind of how I see this
0: thing. Yeah, John, I think there was something in the in the news, even in the last few days, about um, Elon Musk's uh, project. I think it's called Neuralink, <clears throat> and it's a yes, it's yes. A, it's one of one of his sort of subsidiary tech companies, not not directly related to Tesla or or uh, or the SpaceX or whatever, but. Yeah, this is a, a, a real thing that, that's being developed, and uh, it's an actual brain implant that's being uh, developed by by these folks. It's called Neuralink, and just a week ago, they did it for the first time, John, with a pig, and yes. uh-huh. and, and I'm I, maybe I'll read a little bit of this for the, for the folks out there in, in the audience, but uh, this is from, yeah, just about a week ago. A pig named Gertrude was the star of the show when Elon Musk debuted a working demo of his latest technology moonshot, a new kind of implantable chip for the brain, um, and so they they actually did this um, in a live-streamed event that happened a week ago, and and they actually used this pig and sh- and did a demonstration of how how. They could, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, listen to this, John. Mm-hmm. Gertrude shuffled around her pen, sniffing the ground and eating while loud beeps and blips filled the air, and a display showed real-time spikes in her brain activity. Musk explained that Gertrude had the implant inserted in her head two months before and that it connected to neurons in her snout. When she touched something with her snout, it sent neural spikes that were detected by the more than 1,000 electrodes in the implant. So the idea then is that they could actually have interactive uh, input back and forth, right? That this thing could actually affect brain activity. And man, John, I mean, we're getting into real sci-fi, crazy stuff there. And I understand that some people say, well, you know, for for people who have uh, neurological disorders or maybe, um, you know, some sort <laughs> of, you know, some some mental disorder, whatever it is, some, some brain issue that this could somehow be, be helpful. But I just see the, the, the potential for abuse just absolutely way overwhelming that, uh, the potential for, for, uh, beneficial results, uh, at least at this point.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I don't think it's the potential for abuse. I think it's guaranteed abuse mm, Yeah, uh, because that's, that's where we are. You know, and that's where that's where the general level of consciousness is. And this another issue with this: how does this affect consciousness? Yeah. You know, where where does consciousness reside? You know, is it in the brain or, you know, and and how will consciousness, as we come to understand it, be affected by this? You know, this this is, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that you or I are going to be able to do about it but my perspective is it's it it is not something that I would embrace put it that way
0: yeah yeah and um the the tech the big tech people are all pushing it i mean it's coming again from a oh, lot a yeah. lot, lot, lot of yeah. different angles and um i don't know we'll have to see how 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 that one pans out as well so, all right, John, we no, are. No, it's interesting. Go it's ahead, interesting. sorry, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, please continue.
2: No, it's interesting that the, one of the Slovak scientists that I, I have been doing some work with has been to AI conferences here, and his perspective is it's not nearly as developed as as the uh, as, as those who would like, who as the pr- promoters would like to claim. Mm
0: hmm yeah I think that's true too there's a whole lot of hype and uh, a lot of that's for funding of course and AI mm-hmm. uh has become uh you know ubiquitous with almost like you know the dot com bubble or the or or yeah. the biotech bubble or the blockchain bubble it was just sort of a buzzword or something and then uh people use it to to uh to drive funding and, and, and a lot of times the claims that they make are are much greater than, than the actual technology itself and in, you know it's funny too because robotics is very similar and and in fact AI and robotics are sort of a, a, a marriage that's happening right now you, you don't have a very good robot unless the robot can actually do some things on its own you know using some sort of artificial intelligence and again uh, the You know, and and Hollywood and the media are sort of uh, to blame for this as well, because the images that are put out by those types of organizations make it look like the stuff is, you know, way more advanced than it really is. Um, The truth is, in the laboratory, a lot of the times these robots are just foolish. I mean, they just fail again miserably. I mean, you know, just just to keep just to keep something balanced turns out is an extreme challenge and you know you know what we're really learning john is how amazing the human machine is Uh, the you know the the more the more we we try to uh to build our own machines that that can perform or do the things that we can do through artificial intelligence robotics nanotech whatever uh i think that that's really One of the main messages that's coming out of the laboratories, even though it's not a message that's being amplified very loud, if you actually talk to the scientists and they're honest with you, they'll tell you, shit, man, we're nowhere on this. It's like it's amazing, uh, you know, how 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 remarkable the human organism really is. And 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 that's what we're learning is that we are actually quite amazing, because when we when we think when we thought we could do this a lot easier than we can, you know. Now we're learning. Holy smokes! This is a lot more difficult than we ever imagined.
2: Plus, you know, uh, we have a long history on the planet for human brain interfacing with plant medicines, psychedelics. Mm. You know, in, yes, in a yes. very in a very symbiotic way, so that there's this development of of brain capacity that's related to natural plants you know so what happens when you put these electronics in the brain it cannot you know from my perspective it cannot ultimately lead to a good place mm-hmm. not not given where we are as a civilization at this point
0: okay john let's hold that thought for a minute we're going to talk about this a little bit further but we're going to take a break we're at the bottom of the hour okay yep all right everybody my my guest uh, this evening dr john shellyak and if you'd like to get in touch with john you can do so at jsheliak at gmail.com. You can also link up with John from uh, from my site at mikehagan.com. You're listening to it here. It's Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, streaming on the web at kopn.org. For me, my my website is uh, mikehagan.com. Go there and uh, check it out. And you can hear some previous conversations between the good doctor and myself. Hey, d- hey John, you still there?
2: Yes,
0: I'm here. Um, I, was, uh, I was saying um, when I was introducing you that the, the last show or, well, the last interview that I did before I went off the air in 2008 was an interview that, that you and I did together. And I had one show after that, which was the following week where I said goodbye to everyone. But, uh, but the last interview that I did was was with you. And I listened to in it. In studio, in fact. Yes, you were actually here. And I, I listened to it um, I don't know. A couple weeks ago, after you and I got back in touch, and and it was a, it was a, it was a great way to end end that end that series. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, all right. We'll be back with you in just a few minutes. And for all of you out there, I'm going to play a lovely song here from Mr. Connor Oberst. This is called "Danny Callahan." We'll be back in a few minutes with Dr. John Shellyak. It's Mike and Radio Orbit KOPN Columbia. It's
1: Porch in the thunderstorm Controlled chaos Confused energy Stop reading the weather charts Stop counting the playing cards There's no system There's no guarantee But the love you feel you carry inside But you try, I know you do You still talk to your plans Ask how are you getting home alone Some wander the wilderness Some drink cosmopolitans Some cold science Some glean astral planes I can't tell where the canvas stops Homesick as an astronaut Just keep drifting But still can't explain How the love we feel we carry inside Can be passed See your brother in the gutter you reach Out your hand you get on alone electrical we think sickness with all modern joy but even western medicine it couldn't save danny callahan bad bone marrow a bald little Yeah.
0: It's called Danny Callahan Great stuff from Connor Oberst A remarkable career from this particular musician we're hearing tonight I was introduced to Connor Oberst back in around 2004, 2005 With a wonderful record called I'm Wide Awake It's Morning With uh, his initial or one of his first projects It was called Bright Eyes And we'll hear a few more from Connor Oberst Before the end of the program tonight all right, it's Mike, and you're listening to Radio Orbit on KOPN, Columbia, 89.5 FM. My guest with me, all the way from the Slovak Republic, Dr. John Sheliak, and I'm thrilled that I've had the chance to reconnect with him and get him back on the radio show with us here. So, uh, John, hi. Thanks for being here hey, tonight. Hey, Mike. <laughs> I'm having a great time, pleasure. John, and I'm, I'm so. It's
2: my, my pleasure. <laughs> oh,
0: I mean, I mean it, man. I'm thrilled, and uh, I, I'm really, uh, I, I really needed it too. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a rough go. The last, last, last few, last few weeks have been tough, and I've got some family issues up in Illinois, and my car is falling apart, and the world's falling apart. And anyway, it's great to be back in touch with, uh, with you, and and talk about some of these, some of these important things. You know, John, um, I guess probably for you and me the the time wave that you that you uh, touched upon just a little bit ago uh that w- i guess that was the thing that sort of originally brought us together i'd like to talk about that a little bit because you have uh, as you mentioned uh furthered that uh that research a little bit i'm interested in this gentleman that you've met there in slovakia who you mentioned um, who is who is uh, working on I, I'm not sure exactly what i guess I'll let you explain that to us but but for the people who are unfamiliar, it's been a long time since I've talked about this on the air uh really because twenty twelve came and went and and I guess everybody uh who was thinking in a shallow sense just figured well, that's that it was you know uh and there's actually potentially quite a bit more to that, so let's tell uh the folks a little bit about the time wave what it was what you know what it was about, and then um uh, kind of the fast forward uh, t- t- to where we are today or where you are today.
2: Yes, Mike. Um, first of all, I like to say that, you know, it's, it's wonderful for me to be able to sit and chat with you as well. You know, <laughs> one of the things that I've, I've also missed. Oh, man. Uh, you, know, and, you know, because there, there are times when I feel more alone and isolated here because I, don't, I haven't had ready access to my U.S. friends in, in, in this kind of you know, in this kind of forum, so it's it's a pleasure for me to be here as well. Thank you. And um, yeah, uh, you know, I initially became involved with uh, Terrence's Time Wave when uh, Matthew Watkins posted uh, a criticism of 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 what what Terrence had done with the mathematics. Uh, so I took a look at that. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, he's right. You know, he did something here that is at least unconventional, if not outright wrong." And that I can, you know, I I wrote Terence and I said that I can correct this, you know, and 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 give you mathematics that are sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Terence agreed, and and that's what I did. I corrected uh, this first phase of mathematics, and and how what Terrence was doing, he was using. One of the mathematical features of the I Ching, and that is how many lines change as you move from one hexagram to the next. You know, of course, for those who are unfamiliar with the I Ching, mm. it's, it's a system of Chinese divination uh, based on uh, 64 individual hexagrams. And they're yeah. called hexagrams because each one has six lines, either uh, 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 a closed line or an open line, you know.
0: Uh, a dashed line or a solid line. Yeah. on-off. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and Terrence used one feature, one mathematical feature, and that was what he called, you know, the first order of difference was simply how many lines change as you move from one hexagram to the next.
0: Mm. Are you there? Yes, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, And uh, so it was... That that phase that I actually worked with, you know, there was another phase uh, that was involved that involved uh, doing a fractal expansion of the initial number set. But it was the initial number set that where the criticism was, so that's where I focused my attention. So Mm, I was able to correct that, you know, and uh, essentially say, okay, now we have it corrected. It produces a time wave, you know. That is somewhat different, a little bit different than what what and, and Terence had produced initially. But you know, it actually affirms much of what uh, what occurred in Terence's uh, initial time wave. Yes. Um, and so I, you know, that's that's where my work was, and. Um, you know, at some point i actually this is where i spent time I actually spent time in Colombia working on software you know my own software that could produce the time wave, and I was actually able to do that and you know around two thousand and twelve you know when when everything was supposed to come to an end um you know I was writing for a, a blog site that's no longer in the u s uh kind of explaining what I had done mm-hmm. and you know, I had began to see that what uh, Terence's perspective was that at this certain date, this is going to happen. And what I realized is that systems don't actually work this way. You know, either quantum systems, Fourier transforms, a, a lot of systems uh, operate such that you can either determine when something happens or what happens but you can't you can't do both with equal precision
3: so mm, mm. my
2: perspective just on terence's time wave was that yeah he could say something's going to happen on december 21st 2012 but he could had no idea what you know he would not be able to predict what that would look like at all right Right. If you if you have absolute precision on a date, you can you you can know nothing about what's going to happen. On the other hand, you know if he were to say, "This is going to be happening," he would have you know no idea when that was going to happen.
0: Hmm.
3: It's so
2: like that, that was kind of my perspective.
0: Well, it reminds me of like a Heisenberg uncertainty type of situation.
2: Well, it is, But it applies in macro systems as well I, I know fourier transforms operate this way um i can't think of you know uh, there are other examples mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh in which systems actually function this way uh you know the you know, Fourier transform for example mathematical in a way of looking at the frequency content of, of something
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, you can either know the exact frequency or the exact time you can't know both with equal precision.
0: Okay. All right. All right, so how does that tie in with, uh, with the, uh, the original work on the time wave and, and, and where you believe the work is now?
2: Well, it's interesting because when I looked at that, I said, okay, Terence chose one mathematical feature, you know, because that was his vision, I think, during some experience in the Amazon. Uh, and that's how he interpreted, you know, the vision that he had
3: mm-hmm.
2: by by looking at this first order of difference. But I thought the I Ching has multiple mathematical features. You know, how can you ignore everything else and just focus on one? If you're just going to focus on one, then uh, the precision of your perspective or, pre- or predictions are going to be uh, very low. Mm. So I started looking at, at at the I Ching from its multiple mathematical features. You know, not just how many lines change from one hexagram to the other, but you know what mathematically each each hexagram is. You know how many with the or the probability of 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 getting any given hexagram. Mm. I use probability mm-hmm. theory, mm-hmm. information theory. Um, Some some of quantum mechanics, so I started developing uh, uh, this perspective mathematically, and I actually got you know a good you know I was actually able able to get you know um, an interesting perspective, uh, but I never completed that because it was going to take a a lot of time, and I at the time I just didn't have the time to do it. But I did begin the process of mathematically producing and from probability, uh, largely from probability theory, how you would look at the entire system of each thing mathematically. Hey, John. And then, you know. Yeah.
0: John, let's take a quick little sidebar and tell people what the purpose of the time wave was to begin with and a little bit about novelty.
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting because um, <clears throat> novelty is an important feature, not not only the time wave but other things that I'm I may be able to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So what Terrence claimed is that this waveform, you know, which was fractal in nature, the final wave was fractal, and it, it was graphed on an X Y graph. You mm-hmm. know, so. On the x-axis was time, historical time on planet Earth. Yeah. On the y-axis was something that he called novelty. And the the truth is that the y-axis could actually be described as information, you know, because Mm. Mm -hmm. novelty uh, was something that happened when the wave moved in a certain direction, and habit was some how he characterized the wave when it was moving in the other direction yeah yeah so because it wasn't a smooth curve you know it would oscillate over time even though the, the general uh, uh, trend uh, that the general trend of the curve was down toward zero which was an increase so in novelty in that respect, correct you know yeah in, increasing novelty yeah. you know uh, and uh, so, so his perspective that was that that over time, uh, process, historical process on planet Earth was becoming more novel, mm. until at some point, which was the, the zero point, uh, it would it would you know explode or you know uh, move into something entirely different. Yes. The interesting thing about novelty i mean you know he called it habit but it could be entropy you know Mm. uh entropy is the opposite of novelty you know and um yes it's a sort of a a, an opposite process of novelty but information theory Mm. uh when information is produced that's called novelty as well you know so when you have a system that produces information that means something that's unexpected um it's called novelty mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and 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 when it it produces something predictable it's entropy you know so from an information perspective uh Terence's time wave uh was could be could be seen just in terms of information mm. uh And when I say information, I'm talking about the mathematical uh, description of of what information is. Mm, Um, But it's also something that's widely used now everywhere, especially in quantum systems. And, you know, those that that argue that uh, matter, energy, and information are the three basic features, you know, Mm. of the cosmos. And that somehow information is more fundamental than either energy or matter
0: mm. and and that could be interpreted as code as well maybe information yes. as as code in other words everything is coded in in one way or another
2: yeah well the you know the output of the code is is mm. is either novelty or habit mm. or mm-hmm. Uh, entropy, you know. In other words, if the code is producing something you already know, that's not information, right?
0: Right.
3: Right.
2: Uh, okay. You yeah. know, it's, it's it's part of the process of entropy. You know, if it's producing something unexpected and unseen, then it's novelty.
0: Mm, yes. All right. Let's get back then and talk a little bit more about the current sort of state of the art. Who is this gentleman mathematician that you mentioned that you met in Slovakia recently?
2: Yes, it's interesting, uh, because it was part of this process for me of trying to find, uh, you know, a mode of creative expression here that actually used uh, some of my lifetime skills, abilities, talents. Um, So a friend here in Southern Slovakia, where I am right now, um, uh, uh, referred me to this other who was a scientist, Lugo Polakowicz. Mm-hmm. And he connected me with him, and so we met, and we, we just started talking about things in general, and he described for me one of the things that he was working on that uh, involved what he calls Kokchai cycles. Now, Kokchai is or was a Czech um, mathematician, let's call him a mathematician, okay. who developed this theory of um management that's called sp- spiral management hmm. uh and it uses it's interesting because it uses uh some pretty solid mathematics uh, uh the, the concept of entropy entropy or information um it uses you know golden mean golden spiral it uses fibonacci numbers Uh, It uses some of the features of complex systems Mm -hmm. to develop this theory that uh, he claims describes how, and and he uses it for businesses, corporations, you know, to describe how a typical business or corporation might evolve Mm. over time, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's initially restricted by this entropy curve, you know, that runs— uh, in the graph, it's again it's an X Y graph. Although we've made it made attempts to uh, increase the dimension on that, but it's typically it's an X Y graph. And on the X axis, you have time again. On the Y axis, is unclear exactly what quantities on the Y. I know my perspective is you know it should be information. Um, uh, but initially, you know. Uh, Companies, as they evolve, are are restricted by this entropy curve. In other words, entropy is a limit on what's possible. And then you have the entropy curve that's underneath it that is tells you uh, the freedom of of people in the company to uh, inject creative ideas that will actually change. And, you know, and at some point these curves cross, so that the, the entropy curve becomes lower than the centropy curve. At mm-hmm. that point, you know, so what what the whole diagram looks like is a fish, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. fish diagram, yeah, typical, yeah. you know, where you have a, uh, a curve on the top that goes to some point, the curve on the bottom that crosses it, you know, and creates a tail. Mm-hmm. And then that tail is is the best opportunity for a company you can even apply this to cultures and you know because they've done this uh and individuals have the best chance for making changes in the system mm-hmm. uh and and that's actually where we are right now it turns out uh-huh. you know, we're, we're kind of in the tail of that as a civilization and he actually predicts you know that somewhere in 2026 and he's and i said okay what's the year bar he said twenty twenty six plus or minus two years <laughs> uh there's going to be significant shift in in planetary uh, process.
0: Huh. That's interesting. We have I we have a question from uh someone in the audience who who asked what level of novelty are we now experiencing potentially? Um and I guess you just answered that question that 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 we're we're approaching uh, certainly novelty is increasing. Um, I think if Terence were alive right now, he would probably agree with us and say, "Well, hell, you know 2012 the, the the date was certainly wrong, but the idea wasn't wrong because the the planet and the culture and the technology uh, certainly have uh, done a a dive into novelty, which is which is ongoing, it seems like
2: yeah. Well, I don't, I I think, you know, you you can't say that even the date was wrong. The date could have been right, but within that date, there was a lot of things happening. Mm, So mm. if you were to look at everything, you could probably find something within that date that could lead to some kind of shift or change, you know? Right, right. Uh, You know, yeah. So according to the the Kochai cycle perspective, we're in the tail right now. So that means the entropy curve or novelty curve is now it is in its best place. And so it gives us the actual best opportunity for mm-hmm. making significant paradigm paradigmatic changes.
0: Mm. So potentially now it's, it, it, it's a strong potential now. It's
2: the best time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's the, it's, it's the best, best opportunity that we've had. Uh, and I don't, I don't have the, I don't have it in front of me. And, um, Decades,
0: right? But since the last time those since the last time those curves crossed, yes, yeah, Hmm. wow, very interesting. All right, and and you have an ongoing uh, relationship with this gentleman?
2: Yeah, we we stay in touch. You know, for a while it was uh, closer touch where we were actually he he was actually asking and make certain changes. I actually coded some of the stuff that he's doing Mm -hmm. the problem that i've had with it is that the only reference for this is a book that's in check you know so (laughs) i've had i've kind of had to reverse engineer everything you Uh know and he is really the the best one to, to be talking with about the nature of this and what's going to happen he's very good he's you know uh fluent in english And he's very good at explaining the details of what this is all about. So it might be interesting for you to talk with him at some point.
0: Yeah, maybe we could. Maybe we could share uh, share his contact information off the air. Um, Have you shared your background in the time wave theory with him? Um, Does he know? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So he does know that that uh, that there was a larger. Uh, scope thing that really wasn't interested in corporate uh, development or how your business is going to grow, but actually looking at the entire developmental uh, structure of the planet.
2: Yes. You know, not only that, he was aware, of, I think he was aware of Terrence's work with it. You know, wow. but certainly he became aware of right off in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he's also, you know, he's interesting because he's not simply, you know, a scientist. Mathematician, he's um, he's interested in the I Ching. He he would like to, you know, he's asked me to kind of look at how how we could bring the I Ching or some of the features of the I Ching into this Kukrai cycle uh, theory. So you know, he's he's not he's not your typical scientist, you know, that's kind of totally focused on the main mainstream perspective and not interested in anything else he has a he has an interesting perspective that includes you know an interest in the i ching
0: well i'm i'm nearly certain that there are still some secrets to be uh, uncovered from the i ching i have a wonderful book that's maybe early 90s a guy named uh, Schoenberger wrote it Martin Schoenberger. it's called the i ching and the genetic code and he makes some stunning uh, comparisons between the actual DNA uh, code and, uh, and some of the mathematics in the I Ching and I don't know it seems uh, it seems that there's that there was, there was a tremendous amount of wisdom and information in the I Ching some of which we maybe haven't really re- realized yet
2: yeah, I, I think that's possible. And I, you know, I I might even have that book, although I don't know if I shipped it here. But it sounds very familiar to me. It was something that I got interested in, and um, I'm looking in my bookcase right now <laughs> see if I actually have it. Uh, you know, I, I I may have it here.
0: Well, that's one uh, that people might want to check out if they're. If they're interested in some of this stuff, and the I Ching, in and of itself, is a is a remarkable uh, piece of work. Perhaps the oldest book of, in the world, or certainly one of them. It's been around for five, six thousand years, and yes. and and really, uh, some some valuable insights in there. Even if you even if you take the mathematics away from it, if you just read the uh, just read yeah. the the messages and the hexagrams, you know, John.
2: Absolutely yes, you know, and, and and others, many others have have looked at the mathematics, you know, and have analyzed math mathemat- different parts of the mathematics of it. So, it's been of interest not just uh, for those who are interested in its divination value, but also those who have been interested in its mathematical features. So okay. it's, it's uh, very it's interesting, you know, and that it's that it's uh, evoked, you know, such interest uh, outside the community of those who look for something
0: for divination. Right, right, right. All right. Hey, John, we are at the top of the hour again. Let's take take a little breather here, okay? All right. All right. We are with Dr. John Sheliak. He's been with me since the early evening, actually the late night in the earlier day. We are now the 8th of September 2020. John's been with me since about 20 after 11 on the 7th of September, and he'll be with me for another 20 minutes or so. We're going to head out of here at 1.30, and we will welcome in Eric P.'s sound legacy, and he'll bring some wonderful music to you for uh, the wee morning hours. But for now, we're going to hear another one from Connor Oberst. I mentioned this record, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning. This was my introduction to Bright Eyes, and uh, just a stunningly good record, in my opinion. This is a song that's called We Are Nowhere, and it's now. And that's the truth. It's Mike. you listen to Radio Orbit on KOPN Columbia.
1: To kill, but now you probably should've learned. Did you forget that yellow bird? oh how could you forget your yellow bird? And she took a small silver wreath and pinned it onto me. She said, "This one will bring."
0: All right, we are nowhere, and it's now. That's Connor Oberst and bright eyes from I'm wide awake. It's morning and it is morning and I'm reasonably wide awake. It's, it's more, it, it's, it's really morning in Slovakia though. What is it about eight o'clock there, John? It's uh eight Oh five
2: in the morning. Yes. Eight
0: Oh five. And that means it's one Oh five here in mid Missouri. You listen to radio orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. We're streaming on the web At kopn.org. And my name is Mike Hagan, and you can find me on the web at mikehagan.com. You can also find my guest, Dr. John Sheliak, on the web as well on my site. You can go there and check out the archives and listen to some of the older programs that John and I did from back in the day. It might give you a little perspective on what we're talking about this evening, wouldn't you think, John? Absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah, and we've had some we've had some good ones. Trust me. Anyway, all right. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you here. We've got about another fifteen minutes or so, um, so we're going to have to kind of start thinking about wrapping things up. Uh yep. I do have a quick question though from someone on the web who said uh, your guest mentioned the surveillance state. Is it similar in Slovakia? In other words, you were we were talking about how the, the in in the U.S. I think primarily after nine eleven, you know it really kind of got kicked off here and we are we are now living under uh you know cameras everywhere and constant uh, uh monitoring of our phone calls and emails and all this stuff we know a lot of we know a lot more than we knew back then thanks to people like edward snowden and others but uh anyway what's what's it like uh in slovakia with that type of atmosphere
2: it's the same here and maybe in some ways even worse, uh, I mean, in, in the sense that the, the transition from so-called communism to democracy uh, essentially brought, you know, all of those who were uh, uh, in, in charge, all of those who were part of the government, high, high, high officials in the government under communism, became overnight uh, you know, hmm. uh, democratic, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, really, that's right. what happened. Yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> it's like it's like converting and, to Judaism. He's like, oh yeah, well I just converted.
2: Yeah, and, and many became oligarchs, you know, because all of this uh, community property was sold off at bargain basement prices, and so mm. that created a, a whole range of oligarchs here, um, and you know. So they it, it's similar, you know. It's very similar. Um, uh, I, I I don't feel that I have much privacy here mm. either. So, you know, and at this point, you know, I don't care. You know, that's right. kind of my my perspective. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. something that I would choose to be dealing with, but it's here, and. Um, and and, I, and I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. I think I I was really wrestling with it for for a while. In fact, for a long time. I mean, I've I've felt, you know, like it like it's been it's been creeping for quite some time, but now it's just obviously, you know, overwhelming. We're all we're all carrying our own personal tracking devices in our pockets, you know, with our smartphones and and uh we don't know if the cameras are on or if the microphones are on, or I mean, it's really difficult to say what's happening with all this tech. But at the same time, it's uh, if you can kind of let go of it, it's almost liberating. I I, I often yeah, often it ta- is you know, oftentimes I'll actually look at my phone and I'll and I'll speak to it as if I'm speaking to the people that are listening. <laughs> you
2: know, you know what I mean, and and yeah, absolutely, uh, but that, yeah.
0: Anyway, I hope I hope they'll learn something from it, maybe.
2: But what you said is it could be generalized also. Mm. I mean, look, uh, uh, you can you can look at the chaotic features of the world and feel like overwhelmed and depressed by it, or you can say, "Look, this is an opportunity for me mm. finally mm-hmm. to express my authentic nature." Yes, you know, and get into that place and mm. express it the best I can, and it could very well influence the trajectory. You know. That we emerge from on this, you yeah, know, and I think that's yeah. really important.
0: Yeah, back to the butterfly effect, right?
2: Yes.
0: Well, you absolutely. know, absolutely. You know, John, I, I, I'd like to to make a comment about that. You know, I've 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 recognized that this whole business of of COVID nineteen and whether whether regardless of whether it is as uh, um, as big a deal as some people say it is or whether it's not as big a deal, I mean, there's all kinds of you know, debate and, and, and uh, disagreement on, on the thing itself. But, but regardless, it, it has changed the world and it's changed the way people live and it's really changed the psychology of, of, of pretty much everybody, I think, to a certain extent. But I also have recognized that it's given many people The courage to do something, maybe that they've been waiting a long time to do. They kind of look at the world and go, "Shit, the whole thing's going up in flames," or the whole thing is changing. What better time than now to take a leap? Because we're all kind of in 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 free fall and in spin mode anyway.
2: Yes, that's absolutely right. You know, and so really, this is not about looking at what's happening and feeling like a victim, but looking at what's happening and feeling liberated by the fact that we have the best opportunity that we've had in a long time to assert our creative passion in a way that could be, that could produce a a, a much more positive and uh, loving, compassionate world to live in.
0: And we're looking for novelty we're looking for new ideas yes. and new ways of being and new thought patterns and that's what that that's what that's what this is about and it goes right back to our conversation about the time wave.
2: Yes. Yes, and that's a good way of describing it. You know, we are at a time of a maximum novelty where we have the best opportunity in a long time uh, to have an influence on what's happening.
0: Isn't it interesting? Because the the general uh, zeitgeist is the opposite of that. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, I'm helpless," and we're and we're all doomed.
2: Yeah, I know, and that's exactly where those at the top want us to be, and that's why it's important not to be conditioned and. And guided, directed by the least among us, you Mm, know, mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. it's it's the time, it's the time for us to be guided by the best among us, including our own inner sense of direction.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
2: Yeah. You know, and I think, I think, you know, I think it's, it's also true that this, the system that we're living under, the systems, are not as powerful as they would have us believe, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I think that's important.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too. That's, that's always been a big part of rulership, uh, is, is to give the illusion of power more than the actual power itself.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: And this it's whole much business, more
2: fragile, much more fragile than they would have us believe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this whole business of divide and rule is one of the oldest tricks in the book and it's amazing how effective it still is. It just drives me batty. Yes, it is. The whole left, right, Republican, Democrat debate, it just drives me nuts. It's like, you guys, we are being played. It's like, look yeah, at you big know, time. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so,
2: yes, definitely.
0: All right. Well, Dr. John, we've got another few minutes. You got anything you'd, you'd like to wrap it up with? What should we chat about for our last few here?
2: Well, that's one of the things, that, you know, what I started with is, you know, that look, you know, uh, we're dealing with a world that's difficult to manage, you know, for many of us in terms of what's happening. But, you know, I think it's important that, that we really focus on um, what we have to contribute creatively, uh, because now, now is the time to do that, yeah. and whatever that might be.
0: Yes, I agree, and uh, one of the things that that has been really difficult for me during the this uh, period of COVID has been the the loss of the arts. Um, You know, you know what a how how much I love music, and and I'm not the only one, certainly. And um, you know, live music performances are as of now a thing of the past. Only very very few. Uh, Shows being performed in very, you know, very specifically controlled circumstances. And uh, Mm -hmm. and I feel in general that, you know, there's been sort of a downgrade of uh, of the quality of life for, uh, you know, for for most people. Yet at the same time, that is the opportunity that you're that you're talking about. Now's the time to do it.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, from my perspective uh and this is something come that, that comes from other sources, but you know, if 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 not now, when, if not us, who?
3: Mm.
2: In other words, we can't look to something above us or something that seems to be in control for significant change, it's not going to happen. Right. What's going to happen can only happen with from when, within us, and then connecting with the others. You know, in the process, I mean, that's just how change, uh, true change, actually happens. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I agree with you and uh I think it's a great place for us to kind of kind of wrap it up. What have you got uh, planned for the fall? Are you are you pretty much uh sticking around that part of the world? Have you been back here to visit the states uh, since you've been gone or do you have plans to come back at all?
2: Well, initially before COVID, I was planning on a, you know, like a 2-month visit in the US this year, but that's sort of postponed until next spring or summer. So, uh, the fall is going to be, depending on what's, what, what happens with COVID here, uh, is going to be spent here. You know, maybe spending some time in Hungary if it's still open, maybe sometime in Austria. Uh, one of the things that, that I experienced under COVID was this restriction of not being able to, to, to move and, and go to other places, mm. you know, mm. other European countries that are so Close, you know. One of the advantages of being here right. is that you know there's easy access to the entire European continent. You know, so right, right, right. Uh, you know, I, I hope to be able to do some of that this fall.
0: Good. I hope you can too. And 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 if you uh, if and when you do get back here to the states, we we, we definitely. Uh, need to have ourselves a little powwow. Um, have, have I, you, have definitely. You, have you been in touch with Matt? I think maybe you talked to Matt Presty recently?
2: Yes. You know, we have reconnected, which has also been a good thing. You know, um, ag- again, it, it's really important for me to revive, you know, the close uh, friendships that I've had uh, for multiple reasons. So Matt hap- happens to be one of those.
0: That's fantastic, well, I've got two hellos uh in addition, I've got Bartholomew bean. I don't know if you remember bean from uh from some of the old uh, solstice and equinox parties he performed some music for us and uh also yeah. and and also Chris Robinson, I think you've had some some yeah, relatively right. deep Definitely, conversations yeah. with so, chris so.
2: yeah anyway. so hello hello back,
0: yeah, all those guys say hi and uh and and we'd all love uh Love to see you uh, if, if you get a chance to get back here. But uh, regardless, I'm super thrilled that you and me are back in contact and uh, we now know how to do it. So uh, we'll 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 stay in touch off the air, but we can plan on coming back and doing some more radio down the road here. OK.
2: Yeah, sounds good, Mike. You know, it's been a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, John. I'm so I'm so happy about it and uh, have a great rest of the day. And I'll talk to you very soon. I'll send you a link uh, once I get this uh, podcast up and everything, and you can share it with whoever. Okay. Okay.
2: Thanks, Mike. Take care, John. Yep.
0: All right, everyone. That's Dr. John Sheliak. If you'd like to get information about John or talk to him, you can get him uh, at J That's J-S-H-E-L-I-A-K, J Sheliak at gmail.com. And yeah, well worth your while to connect with Dr. John Sheliak. Appreciate his time tonight, and just thrilled to be back in touch with John, and have a chance to talk with him again, and share some of his ideas with all of you. All right, it is uh, about 20 minutes after one o'clock now, on the ninth of no, the eighth of the ninth. It's the eighth day of the ninth month, September eighth, 2020, and I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. Let me take a look at my at my notes here. Stick around. we got Eric P's Sound Legacy coming up by the way. I think I mentioned that earlier, but Eric Fargo playing some great music throughout the night. And uh that'll take you into about the five o'clock hour where we'll have morning air, lovely classical music until Amy Goodman and Democracy Now at eight o'clock. All right. Um if you'd like to get a hold of me, my email address is MikeHagan at MikeHagan com. Uh very simple to get a hold of me through the website. I'm also available on Twitter, on parlor, on Instagram, uh, the music tonight. If you're interested, check out Connor Oberst, check out bright eyes. He's got a bunch of different projects, been around for many, many years, but still perhaps a new, uh, a new artist for some of the listeners out there. Just one of my favorites, absolutely wonderful singer, wonderful songwriter, and, uh, just someone who I dig. All right. Um, Yeah, next week, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not planning things too far in advance these days. I do have some great guests uh, I'm still planning to bring your way and lots of fantastic music. Uh, I do look forward to talking to John Paul Rice. That'll be on the 28th of September. We'll talk about human trafficking and child trafficking, and it'll be a serious show. Um, If you've got anyone you'd like to hear on the program, perhaps you've got someone that you'd like to hear or maybe a topic that you'd like to hear covered, please feel free to get in touch with me. Maybe you've got art or poetry, music, advice, (laughs) whatever. I'd be glad to check it out at least and uh, share it with other people. All right. Okay. I will be back with you next week and I hope you'll join me then. Uh, it's been a fun night. Real happy to talk with Dr. John Sheliak once again on the web. You can get him on email, I guess, uh, at jsheliak at gmail.com. And I'm going to sign off. Say cheers. Hello to my sister up there in Illinois, taking care of my mom and dad. We've had some difficult time in the family recently, but uh, we'll make it through one day at a time. and. Uh, Uh, get things taken care of so anyway i love y'all and i'll talk to y'all soon be cool to yourself be cool to other people this is one more from connor oberst and bright eyes one of my favorite songs is called lua
1: My pocket, we can share it on the train. And if you promise to stay conscious, I will try and do the same. Well, we might die from medication, but we sure killed all the pain. was normal in the evening By the morning seems insane And I'm not sure what the trouble was That started all of this The reasons all have run away But the feeling never did It Not something I would recommend, but it is one way to live. Cause what is simple in the moonlight by the morning never is. It was so simple in the moonlight, now it's so complicated. was so simple in the moonlight, so simple in the moonlight, so simple in the moonlight.